Hello, friends, and welcome to Season 7 of the Relate Podcast. This is a conversation where we get curious about how we relate to ourselves, God, and others. I'm Casey Sunstead, your host, and I have some amazing people here with me for this season. They're new to the Relate Podcast, but they're not new to me. So let me introduce you to my very good friend, Margaret Hogan. Hi, Margaret. Hello. I'm so excited that you're here. This is going to be so fun. I'm very excited. Thank you for asking me. Margaret and I are very dear friends. We love each other's children and have done a lot of life together. So I am so thrilled to just hang with you because we don't do a lot of hanging these days. No, because we're stuck at home with our children these days. This is real true. This is a great excuse to be together. So I don't know if listeners can tell we are here together in the studio. Six feet apart. Very exciting. (laughs) We are. At least. At least. Maybe more. Yeah. And we're also joined for season seven by Joe Kennedy. Joe, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here as well. So sometimes I use the podcast to make friends, like people I want to be friends with. I invite them on so we can be friends. So this is why you're here. (laughs) Awesome. I'm excited to get to know Joe better. Both of these guests on the podcast this season, I've invited because of their knowledge of children. Margaret is one of the best moms I know, and her house is like a master class of how to help your kids understand their own, actually their own experience, their emotions, what's going on around them. I think Margaret is a great mom. Thanks, Casey. And I've invited Joe because Joe knows kids. Joe has worked with student ministry how many years? Um, Like kid ministry and then student ministry. So, yeah. So, so. Probably right now, close to five total, um, spent the past four or so years uh, in Promised Land and moved over to Elevate, which, are, which is our junior high ministry, uh, about three months ago. So, And I have a junior higher, so we're very excited that Joe is now in, yes. in junior high, junior just like my daughter. <laughs> They're fantastic. They're so fun. That's awesome. So recently, you guys, I heard a phrase that has helped me so much. It was shared when someone was lamenting about being asked, how are you? Mm -hmm. In this season, so many of us are like just not okay. Yeah. We And the question, how are you? I'm like, do you want me to lie? Or do you want me to like (laughs) actually tell you how I am, right? Facts. And we're hanging in there, but it's like the school, are we going? Are we not going? And all the things related to this crazy pandemic season we're in. So the phrase that helped me so much is, I'm pandemic fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm COVID fine. I'm fine in this craziness. Yeah. 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 So as we consider that phrase, like how we have to like quantify or is it qualify? Qualify. Thanks, Margaret. Qualify how we are because I'm fine for like what the heck is going on around us. I'd love to hear how you guys feel about how you're relating to yourself, God or others differently what have you noticed about how you're relating in this very strange season yeah it's the strangest I think that it's weird because it's like um it's this sort of communal experience too and not just like not just here in the midwest or not just here in this country but like the whole world there's like this everyone is sort of reeling in different ways at different levels from this very same thing and so there is a sense that I'm not okay but who can I even ask that is okay because mm-hmm. everyone is a little bit not okay. And so there is, um, even though it's communal, like almost a loneliness. And then just the actual isolation feels like loneliness. Um, 
which I'm an introvert. So at first that didn't really bother me. <laughs> I was like, I get to cancel everything. I don't have to go anywhere. Um, <laughs> but now I'm like, how can I get out of my house? You know, like there is, I mean, and in, in one of my uh, therapy sessions, we we're talking about like for the first three to four weeks of this, where we thought it was going to maybe be like six weeks. Yeah. There was so much adrenaline. Mm-hmm. So everyone was like, you know, like just so amped up and like surviving on this like adrenaline that I think happens when there's some kind of trauma to get you through. But then the adrenaline starts to wear off and you're like, oh, no. And so I think like as I relate to myself in that, I'm like, I can't believe how exhausted this has left me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have small kids. Well, yep. That's certainly a factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my kids are um, nine, almost seven and just turned three. So it's a lot. And we're on top of each other. I mean, just like physically in our tiny house, but also emotionally, like they have a lot of needs right now. And I am really the only one of the only people that can meet that because we can't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. Less inviting people into your house to help. Oh yeah. 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 And you can't like send them to school for the day Oh no. and be like, I'm going to have another grown up be in charge of that for a couple of hours while I take a nap or, (laughs) or (laughs) think my own thoughts. There's no, it's, yeah, there's like not a lot of breaks, at least, <laughs> at least in our house. Yeah. I, I think other people figure out different things, but I don't have a lot of breaks right now. Yeah. Tired. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I think that what Margaret said is true. There's, there's not really anyone who's okay. So you're like, I don't know how I can become okay because there's no one around me that's showing me what it looks like to be okay mm. so i'm just yeah. kind of just going about every day trying to survive in a way and and i think the surviving part comes from just extending a ton of grace mm-hmm. um towards everybody uh involved because the reality is that there's so many people that are navigating through so many different things no one's necessarily going through the same thing mm-hmm. and if you're maybe okay in one area, there's someone else who actually, that's probably the hardest part of their life um, right now. So it's like, hey, I, I have to recognize that, hey, there's no one that's really necessarily okay. And even if there are people who are less crazy or less messed up in, in, this, <laughs> in this season, it's like, um, that, that, still, that still like requires a, a huge level of empathy and grace yeah, and yeah. And working through that, so yeah, it's still pandemic <coughs> fine. Yeah, not just fine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. E- exactly. Because, because, yeah, because there, because there's still something, um, um, that that probably happens every single day that that kind of knocks you off your kilter a little bit. Totally. Yeah. And Joe, when you were talking about giving people grace in past seasons of the Relate Podcast, I've talked about how I actually really like to have hard conversations with friends because I love being on the other side of it, like it, how much it strengthens our relationship or like gives us freedom in knowing that we got to talk about the thing that we both are kind of you know aware of I'm like doing hardly any of that now (laughs) yeah because I'm like you're not okay I'm not okay it's fine you know yeah yeah save it we'll save it for later (laughs) yeah Yeah. or like just let it go because oh my gosh none of us are at our best and when you're showing up and there's something that could be stronger or better it's like we all know why yeah that's a really good point of how we're relating differently. Yeah. 
yeah totally i think i think one of one of the things that is is just hard about this season because is that there's a lot of people who are probably out there and are like man i want to actually push this forward i want to do this thing i want to do that thing but there's no one who really has capacity to do the things they necessarily want to do because you have e-learning and you have trying to make sure that you stay safe and you're forgetting your mask every day. And I was going to say, you're trying to go to Walgreens and you forgot your mask. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thwarted every time. Yeah. 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 And that, and that could just be frustrating. But, but the reality is that if you, if you allow yourself to just understand that it's a pandemic, like, I don't know how many times I say like every day, like, it's a flipping pandemic, so it's okay yeah. if you don't get all the things done, or or if you don't um, do do that that cool thing that you wanted to do, and and all of that, because this this is not a normal time that we're living in. So we have to be okay with that, and and really just take care of the things that matter. And yeah. the the thing I keep coming back to too is it's a panda a, a global pandemic, which is like yeah. not a term I even really considered before right but now i say all the time (laughs) pandemic (laughs) remember we're in a pandemic but there's also so many other things going on in our world and our country right now so i don't want to like list them all out and re-traumatize everyone but we are experiencing such a heavy complex like i can't even which thing am i supposed to be thinking about right now it's it's a lot yeah i think you say heavy and i also feel the word fractured like things just feel fracture things that aren't meant to be mm. torn apart yeah. and pulled apart and like like all these just fractured pieces that's the image that I have and so it's like yeah I think generally even if people don't agree on how I think generally people want that feeling to not be the backdrop of our daily lives and mm-hmm. then this terrifying like pandemic and it's just like how much how much fear or unknown or dread can we hold I think we're, I feel like we're at our max capacity. <laughs> we're literally it's, experiencing yeah, it's overflowing yeah. at yeah, this I point. Think it's, yeah, <laughs> yep. and I think it's, yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if this has increased your prayer life or your spiritual life. Uh, it hasn't for me. Mm. I love praying. Um, and I feel very, like, I don't even know. I'll, like, try to be quiet somewhere and close my eyes to pray. And I'm like, I don't, I can't even approach the words of like, what is it I'm asking God for? Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what, what I, it's, I have felt very, um, almost paralyzed, which seems like a bad time to feel that way in prayer. <laughs> yeah. You feel like you really want to be connected that way. But, um, it's really the only time I find that I can find my words is if I'm like praying away with Eloise, my daughter who's six. Oh like, my gosh. Cause then, it, cause then you're breaking it down. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when I sit down to do it myself, I'm like, Wow, it all feels too big. Right. It's like that that piece that I was talking about where which thing am I supposed to be thinking about even? Which thing, God, should I bring before you? Or which thing should I yeah. even just to slow my body down to let all the things? It's like, have you guys ever seen those um, calm calming jars for kids where yeah. you, I don't even know what's in there, water or oil or something <laughs> yeah. and, and oh, yeah. lots of glitter? <laughs> it's like a hyped up um, snow globe. Yeah. 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 That's how I feel like all it's all shaken up and I got to sit there until it all settles. But like. Maybe it kind of never settles, right? Because yeah. all the glitter, there's too much glitter, it keeps in, bubbling in, in or my jar yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think our listeners are probably going to hear a lot of what we're talking about, and and I was going to say relate, and then I realized oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> do it on, on purpose. The nose. But 
but you know see themselves in something that we're talking about because it, it is like you said like you said market a really shared experience of not fine which yeah. is hard but some of what i wanted us to talk about in this season is that piece of we have so many overflowing emotions how do we respond and how is that affecting the way we we're relating to others mm -hmm. the way we're relating to ourselves i think i've found myself disconnected from myself more than ever mm. just like numbing with netflix and yes um really just kind of do -do doing away from that that glitter jar of mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we relate to others like um joe was saying he's giving so much more grace i as and margaret said she at the beginning loved it because she was an introvert i am a raging extrovert <laughs> i want to see all the people all the time and i've been surprised how not how really different that feels i am not reaching out mm -hmm. as much my, my circles are a lot smaller and i think it's just that piece of like there's so many different things circling i can't even get my brain to outside of myself as much as i mm. used to so in this season we're going to talk about how are we responding to those we love and especially for those of us who have kids, I think even the things we're going to talk about, about parenting or what we're experiencing as kids, um, if you're not a parent, I think you'll still find so much in this conversation. But we are going to talk a lot about parenting in this season and what we're experiencing as parents or people who are interacting with kids. I've heard you say this about your home, Margaret, and in my home. I think we're experiencing such different ways that our kids are responding to what's happening around them. There's a lot of surprising emotion, would you say? <laughs> uh-huh. And we're recording that's this. A, that's a really polite way of saying that, yes. We're recording this in September right. where we've been in at-home e-learning for... What feels like infinity. That's why I couldn't <laughs> say how many weeks it's been. I'm like, it feels like a million. Yeah. But yeah, we're just, um, our kids are being asked to do things they've never done before, just like we are. And so we find them um, responding in new and bigger and new. For my kids are older. My kids are, oh gosh, 15 and 12. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel as much like, um, when I talk to parents of younger kids, it feels more like tantrums. For me, it's like just different behavior that I'm not used to. Yeah. And so then I go like, oh, is that because now you're 15 or is that because of the pandemic or is that because <laughs> of the fractured or, 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 yeah. right? right? It's hard to like, yeah, isolate the why behind the behavior. Totally. So as we talk about this, what kind of things have you guys seen as your kids are relating and responding? Yeah, I have tried hard to stay in contact with some friends who have kids that are the same age as mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I don't know. Like, you probably have a better sense in some ways because you're not just, like, as you're continuing to interact with students, Joe, like, you're getting, like, a broad you know, like you're yes. seeing a, a yeah. sort of a collection, whereas like I'm only just seeing my kids. And mm -hmm. so I think just try to stay connected because I'm like, is this normal? And I remember someone saying at the beginning of when this was like this massive, we're going to turn it all upside down, um, like expect some regressions, both like with kids who have started potty training. Yep. Uh, expect sleep regressions, like mm -hmm. expect, you know, um, emotional regressions. And I was like, 
great. I have a lot of energy for that right now. Yeah. I'm trying to store up on toilet paper and someone is now going to, who is should be acting like, <laughs> let's say a nine-year-old is going to maybe be acting younger than that. So, But just to try to prepare yourself that in the same way that we're feeling stress, they're feeling it and they're feeling that unknown and they're looking around going like, all the adults seem to be freaking out. Right. Are we unsafe? You know, and so trying to remember that, Hmm. like I this has to be like a cliche phrase but we we use it that so much parenting is caught not taught so like I can tell the kids you're safe but if I'm acting like the sky is falling they're gonna go my mom said we're safe but clearly we're not clearly this is out of control clearly no one is able to handle this and so we kind of realized quickly how much of how we were acting or handling or just even how we were revved up about things or not would affect what we were seeing in the girls. Um, and I would say like across the board, it seems like as I talk to friends, it does seem like uh, there's kind of like waves of, you know, you'll like go through a season where it's like, oh my goodness, why is my child crying every day? at e-learning or like <laughs> one friend was like we only had two cries today and we're like six great jobs right <laughs> like another friend was like my son only threw this one thing and i'm like wonderful you know it's like you're celebrating things that feel like is this worth celebrating but when you're seeing that they're trying to hold so much they're trying to figure so much out there is no roadmap for this there is you know and even i just had heard uh, my middle daughter leaving a uh, little voice recording for her teacher that was about the pandemic mm-hmm. and she was asked to do this um, but it was like my question is how long is this going to last for will something like this happen again me and too her, Eloise her teacher responded like <laughs> these are great questions and these are my questions too and I thought my goodness they're 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 having to encounter like questions that we as kids mm-hmm. just didn't even think about so um so yeah i think it looks like smaller capacity for like handling their feelings they are more tantrums and my i mean obviously my kids are definitely younger than yours but like tantrums and i think looking for ways to like where the places in their life where they can have control and they can feel a little bit of power and so if we're not like intentional about that um some more than others um they'll find ways to like Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, explode in, in, in a way of trying to, you know, something. And I love thinking about it in that frame because if you just say, like, you're trying to power up on me, it makes me want to, like, nope, here's right. your place, here's mine, I'm the parent, you know, yeah. But when I think of it as like, you want to control a little thing in a world that feels out of control, that makes me go, like, okay, that, that. I want that for you too. Yeah. You know, how can I create an appropriate way for you to have some control and power? Yeah. In the midst of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, have you been seeing, like Margaret said, you kind of get to see more of uh, all the students or as you guys kind of have conversations, have you seen any patterns that emerge with your students? Yeah. I think one of the things that, that has been, been interesting is that um, it's really clear that students are, just holding so much Mm -hmm. and they're aware of how much they're holding so it causes them to react in ways that that are just so different than 
how who they were and how and how they acted six months ago or, mm-hmm. or so you know you know like um we deal a lot currently because we can't meet in person we we deal a lot of of zoom and and doing stuff virtually and things like that and the kid who like loves to talk and loves to like be with their friends and Are all you those talking things about my in, daughter per- right in now? person <laughs> <laughs> you might be talking I mean, about you know, you know. um so those kids who would love to do that in person and and they're they're just like the best version of themselves hate being on Zoom and trying mm-hmm. to connect with their friends on Zoom and through a screen and and that and that deal and because they they do it a lot number one but also it's not it's not how they actually want to connect and how they actually want to be with the people that they're close to and the people that they love so um, we've had we've had to kind of navigate like, hey, how do we best serve students in this time? Because mm-hmm. it looks just way different than yep. than what yep. it what it did um, yep. six six months ago, and that's just that's just the reality. Not only in our world, but in everybody's world, and yeah. And that's why I'm so glad you're part of this conversation, Joe, because that's exactly the conversation we want to have in this season. Mm. So we painted a. I was going to say lovely picture. We painted a very accurate picture of a not lovely situation that we're in the middle of. Yeah. And so for this conversation, we just want to discover some tools that will help us help the kids in our lives. And also, like we were talking about before, no one's okay. It's not just tools that will help us with our kids. It's like as we meet with friends over coffee, these tools will help as well. And as we meet with our coworkers who just dinged me in a meeting but like, it's okay because nobody's okay. Yeah. These tools that we're going to talk about in the next three episodes are, um, we're going to talk a lot about parenting, but I really think I use them all the time to make sense of what's happening. We're going to talk about these tools and how to help the people in our lives, kids, yeah. loved ones, process, handle their emotions. And the reason we're talking about this is because we are doing this perfectly in our homes with our kids, <laughs> correct? Mm-hmm. With our coworkers, right, yeah. Joe? One hundred percent. And so we are the right. experts <laughs> in how to do this. We well, sort of, we've sort of nailed it. Yeah, you yeah. would say. And in case you don't know me as well as maybe I want you to, I am super sarcastic, <laughs> and that's not true at all. Um, I almost totally nixed this whole season because it's been a challenge. No one's doing this perfectly, and especially yeah. me. And so we are in this with you to kind of um, have the conversation as a reminder, as an inspiration, as here's here's something to try, friends, in the midst of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I have been like, had moments where I'm like, I am not a fit mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot be the one, I cannot be the best person to be raising these people in this moment because look how I just lost my mind and like freaked out about something or shouted or was too angry or yeah all of that and I think you have the moment of of that of that of an incident like that where you lose your control or you're you know you're yelling or you're whatever it is and then the shame immediately after is just like could take you out so I think it is important to talk about it and just let each other off the hook as best we can I'm glad you brought up shame because even as we were talking before about caught not taught Mm -hmm. and I want to say everything's fine, but they're going to feel it. I even felt like that, oh, no, I'm not I'm not doing it well enough. I'm not. It also in my imperfections of what's happening in my home lets them know that, like, 
I'm not getting this right. It's okay if you don't get it right. And we're just going to talk about it when it doesn't go right. Yeah, totally. Instead of like having the goal of it being perfect, because even even when there isn't a global pandemic and fractured everything around us, I'm still not getting it right all the time. Okay, so Margaret, if there's one thing that we can do that would really help us help our kids as they're spinning and experiencing so many new things, there's one one piece of advice that you would give other co other parents, what would that be? I think what I've seen be helpful yeah. <laughs> is in the moments where it seems like they're really big feelings. So many feelings. So many feelings. There are moments where you see and it's very clear why a child is upset the way they're upset. And then but I feel like in this season there are lots of moments where you're like I have no idea where that's coming from. I don't know why I'm seeing this enormous reaction. It seems like you broke a pencil, (laughs) and now you have said things like, my life is over. Was that pencil your best friend? Right. Like, (laughs) I don't (laughs) – what is happening? And so I think um, out of my own uh, tiredness and exhaustion, my my impulse can be to, like, try to rush them through that or say, like, no, this isn't a big deal. Or let me talk to you out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a pencil. Or like, there's 20 more pencils. Or, what, you know, and like, let's get through this moment. <laughs> let's be done with this. Mm. Um, but what I, and that only seems to um, escalate the situation, I have found. And so what it seems like is helping is stopping and letting them have their feelings, letting them feel their feelings, and not necessarily feeling it with them, but staying with them in it. A phrase that I find myself saying a lot, especially when they're, you know, breaking down or blowing up or whatever it is, is, hey, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. Mm. Like, you're not doing this alone. You're not having these big feelings alone. Talk about it. Let's tell me what's happening. Tell me, you know, and just letting them give their own voice. And sometimes when I can't, I'll try to say, hey, your face looks really sad right now. It looks like you're about to cry. Can you tell me why? Or, whoa, you're giving me body language of like, I am furious, but you're saying I'm fine. That doesn't match. Tell me what's going on. Why Why do you look so angry? You know, and giving them a chance to like, okay, fine. And, and hear their words when they can so that they can um, feel seen, let their feelings feel felt. Even though, and I know like the feelings aren't the whole story. They can't be. They rarely are. But to let that part have its little moment and express itself and hopefully kind of work its way through and then and then we can talk about the real thing or I don't maybe that's (laughs) dismissive I don't mean the real thing but then we can talk about how to move through it and what the actual thing is that's happening and then they seem so much more like themselves again and our kids are looking to us to the adults to go um does this make sense what's happening inside of me does this make sense and Mm -hmm. when we say hey no it doesn't make sense. It's just a pencil. Right. It's un, it's not validating their feelings. Right. And um, like I said before, we're going to talk a lot about parenting and with our kids and what's happening. But this is true for when we're having coffee. That's true right now for everyone. I think people just want to be, <laughs> when you were talking, Margaret, I was putting myself in a little kid's shoes and I, I felt, I almost like teared up when you mm. said like, I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I don't need anybody. Nobody's going to fix the global pandemic for me. But if somebody says, like, I'm here in it with you and you seem sad, oh, what a gift, you know? Yeah. And so for us to help whoever we're sitting with, whether it's a friend or especially our kids who need our help, to have them feel like we feel 
with them mm-hmm. or we understand their feeling, that that feels like a game changer. I think pausing and letting them feel those feelings and sticking with them as they're feeling it helps them to not feel that the feelings are scary or big or t- like too unmanageable. Helps them trust that like when I feel big feelings, that's okay and that's not the end of the story. So like I can feel really big feelings and I can get really upset or really sad or frustrated. <laughs> Our three-year-old right now will say, Nora, are you mad? And she's like, no, I frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I got yes. the nuance of that wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that it's helping to build resilience for themselves of like, I am someone who can feel big feelings and keep going. You know, like I can feel those big feelings and I can work through them and they don't have to like take over. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. We'll see. We'll check back in 20 years and see if that was correct. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so true that um, I think we just need to know that our feelings are okay and that they make sense and that, and that somebody's with us. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And for our kids and for our friends and the people we're sitting with that are not okay. And then I want to tell you a story that's going to sound a little like, why are you telling us a story Mm -hmm. about the eighties, but stick with me. Okay. (laughs) I love a good story from the (laughs) eighties. Nice. Don't do the math and find out how old I am. (laughs) Um, When we were kids, elementary school kids, I think that's like when soccer started becoming an actual thing in the United States, right? A lot of people were starting to play like park district soccer. And my dad was like, I'll, I'll be the coach of soccer. What's soccer? Oh, <laughs> excellent. And he yes. literally yeah. went to the library oh. and got books on like, what is soccer? <gasps> what are the rules? And how do you coach it? That's amazing. Right? And then the funny story is that he like, he really knew about football because like, that's the American sport, right? Sure, or sure. maybe baseball, but... He knew yeah. about football, and I think he was like using some football, like formations plays. and yes, plays or calls <laughs> on the soccer field. And the yeah. other coaches were like, "What sport are we playing right now? <laughs> what is he doing?" Right. So um, we, it's like a famous story in my family that like he had to go and figure out what it actually is so that he could coach it. And so that story reminds me a little bit of what we're potentially finding ourselves in the middle of with our kids right now if we want to be coaching our kids through their emotions there's so many adults especially right now who don't even know what's what emotions are for themselves Um, I served in a ministry where people were coming in in conflict and we helped Mm -hmm. them work through what was happening in their relationship and as the night started every night we would just have people check in with we had a feeling word Mm -hmm. check in with a feeling word and I was amazed how many people were like, couldn't literally could not tell us how they felt in that moment. Not like wouldn't, but couldn't. Yeah. And so for us in this season where we're trying to coach others or our kids through emotions, I think I'd like you to think of my dad <laughs> and yes, go, I so. do I even know how to coach a sport that I've never played? Or how well do I play this sport of emotions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just inviting our listeners to like be curious about their own emotional life. If we are not paying attention, if we are not doing this work ourselves, we're not going to do a good job. We're not going to have the practice. We're not going to have the curiosity to help lead our kids in a way that yeah. is, is helpful for them and that they actually really need right now. And actually we really need right now. It's so true. 
yeah, as, as Margaret was talking, I was, I was thinking about um, just how emotions and feelings, um, they just, it takes work. Like, and, and I think that a lot of times, especially adults, they, you just don't have time to actually sit back or, or to think about it or to actually practice what it looks like to really think, hey, what am I feeling in, in this moment? How do I feel about the emotion that I'm actually feeling? Why do, to, to do all the, all that yeah. work? So even as you talk about with your with your kids, like as you practice that with them, they're gonna inevitably get better at at knowing, like, hey, like I'm feeling this way because of this, and it's okay, because um, that's a part of it too. Because it's like obviously everybody has emotions, everybody yeah. feels a certain way, but a lot of people don't think that it's okay and they feel like, hey, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be feeling that way mm. when whatever you feel is cool. And if you're one of those totally. people who have a hard time even naming your own emotions, we're going to link in our show notes some tools. There's an emotion wheel. There's a list of emotions. Because some people would check in like, oh, tonight I'm tired. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a feeling, yep. but it's not actually an emotion. Yep. Right, so tell right. me like what that's, you know. Yeah doing inside of you because if we name it then we can feel it and we can acknowledge it and make with it yeah put it into the context but if we ignore it then we start to ignore all our feelings and we get just disconnected from what's going on in reality yeah it's good sometimes when my kids are exhibiting an emotion if they're exhibiting an emotion that's the hardest one for me I, I, that's when I behave badly. <laughs> say more. <laughs> I'd like to hear more of this. And as I, as I do say more, I'd love for you guys to think like, is there an emotion that's hardest? That's one of, uh, like, is there an emotion that's hard for you to feel? And then what happens when that shows up in other people for you? I think, I, again, one of those things I picked up was like, not like over dramatic. Like, don't do it. We don't. There's not. We don't have a space for that here. Mm-hmm. And so when my oldest daughter has like a real panache for just <laughs> like just. I, I wish you could see what I'm doing right now, but it's like really like performative. Um, but it's so beautiful. But there are moments where she will get worked up really big, really fast, and it's like very dramatic. It's not usually angry, but it's like. Wah. And I am like, I wasn't allowed. You're not allowed. Yep. And it comes out more like that where mm-hmm. I'm like, and I have to, I I don't, I, I would say 50-50, I catch myself or I don't. But like, I try to go like, and, and look at it and go like, oh, you're just being you. Yeah. And how can I not make this about me? But I do notice that when she's like that, it, it, um, it's something that I have, I'll say it like this. It's something that I've turned on in myself, like turned against myself. Yeah. And it's hard for me not to do that to her. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. She doesn't need that for me. <laughs> she needs me to not turn on myself so that she and I can both be free. Yeah. Was there an emotion that you that comes right to mind? You're like, this is the one I don't do well with? Um, yeah, I would probably say sadness. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, think, I think really the heart of it is that um, grown, I didn't grow up in a family that, that really felt feelings well. Mm. Um, we didn't talk about our feelings. It wasn't something that, um, that was a subject of conversation or, or things like that. So 
like when I was sad, I never really had anybody to go to to talk to about being being sad or mm-hmm. anything like that. And I I didn't necessarily ever see sadness as like a necessary um, reaction reaction to anything mm-hmm. other than when somebody dies. Like it was yeah, like okay, it's sad. great. If now you're allowed. If you're at a funeral, that's that's yeah. great. If you're sad, and and that kind of deal. But um, there's obviously other things that um, can cause um, sadness, but. I always just saw it as like, oh yeah, like if you cry, if you're sad, it's like that's like a sign of weakness, yeah. um, in a way. So now, when when people around me are are sad or or something that I in my head think is trivial, I'm like, yeah, you need to get over that, man. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. And it's yep. like, man, what's wrong with you? Like why, like why, why do you feel that way yeah. uh, about that? It's looked a little bit different in in. Um, pandemic world because obviously people are just sad about everything and yeah hopefully uh, as you're giving so, everybody grace yeah, you're also giving yeah, yourself so, some yeah. yeah yeah so so I think I think I I try to to work on that in in this kind of kind of world and realm but yeah, yeah that's probably the most difficult one for sure thanks yeah it's just really difficult mm-hmm. well you guys this conversation has really helped me to identify a just we're we're all not okay and that's okay right yeah no one's getting it perfect and that's we're showing up and giving our best yeah and as we sit with people whether it's our kids or others just to help them feel their feelings and feel their feelings with them show up and just mirror back their feelings and coach do you know the sport you're playing (laughs) yeah yeah like for us in this next week to really pay attention to am i paying attention to my own emotions and how my kids' emotions are making me feel in this moment. Is this a hard emotion for me to feel and yeah. that maybe isn't as hard for them to feel? So and do I need to go to the library and get a book so on to speak and get and check out some resources? <laughs> so because good. I might not I might not be as ready to coach as I thought. So thanks so for good. sitting around the table with us mm-hmm. and just having this conversation that can help us kind of pinpoint some things. And next week we're gonna talk about some really specific tools that have helped us to at least give us language for what's going on. So thanks for being here. And here on the Relate Podcast, we like to leave you with some discussion questions so that you can consider your own experience with this conversation. And then we invite you to share the podcast with a friend and have them listen and then get together and talk about your experience and your answers to the following questions. I'll read each question and give you some time to reflect on your experience. Question one, what have you noticed about how you are relating to yourself, God, or others that's different in this season? And what have you noticed about how your kids or your loved ones are relating differently too? Question two, how does it feel to you to have your goal be to help those people that you're sitting with, whether it's your kids or a loved one, your goal is to help them feel felt, that you feel what they're feeling or you understand what they're feeling. Is that a change in the way you've been responding? And question three, when we talk about coaching our kids' emotions, We asked how you're doing with your own emotions. How are you doing at naming 
and regulating your emotions. Is there one emotion that you find especially challenging? We're so glad you joined us for this conversation, and we invite you to tune in for the next episode where we get really specific about some tools that will help us navigate this unique season. Join us.